podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This episode of Misery Hunters is brought to you by Paisley Craft Beer Co. Paisley's Craft Beer Store is located in Silk Street in the town centre. There are hundreds of different beers on show for you to take away or even sit in and enjoy. Not only that, Sitmourne season ticket holders will get 10% off beer purchases on match days when you present a valid season ticket. That's the takeaway or sit in as well. You can click and collect via their website www.paisleycraftbeer.com That's www.paisleycraftbeer.com Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me is Andrew Christie. Hi, how you doing? And only Andrew Christie. Yep, sorry lads, just me. <laughs> Bunch of part-timers that just won't show up for... I know. I think they're all too upset about the news, which we have to kind of talk about, is Jim Goodman <clears throat> and the fact that it looks like he might be off to Aberdeen. Um, at this moment of recording, I don't know if it'll be announced while we're listening, while we're recording the podcast or whatever, um, he's still Sitmourne manager. That hasn't changed. Um We've not heard anything, but it does look more and more likely that he's going. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, again, uh, from an Aberdeen point of view, I don't know. I'd, obviously, I'd be very gutted to see him go, but kind of to look at it objectively, it's it might be too big a job too soon for him. Like he's a relatively new manager. He's been half his time has been part time with Alawa of his six years, so. I think he might go in with an expectation to have a kind of control over the transfers that um, he just won't be afforded at Aberdeen mm-hmm. and kind of to, in, his, in his years at Samarn, like half this season has been, whether you call it stubbornness or whether you call it him backing himself, has been persevering with a, a formation that, you know, didn't work at all. And I think he got a bit of leeway because First of all, the fans weren't in initially, which if the fans were in, I think it would have kind of turned quite ugly quite quickly at certain points. And obviously, who he is in the club, he's a, a massive club legend, and I think that maybe bought him more time than than he maybe would have got otherwise. And then, um, was he to go to Aberdeen, you kind of think the expectation of, of that club and of those fans, he might not be given the time that he needs to kind of to build, kind of build that project because... Kind of, I tweeted kind of the similar effect the other day that the the first year he was here, he made us he made us very hard to beat, he made us organised, and pretty much two years on, kind of eighteen months on, he's just about kind of built us as an attacking threat. And yeah, I just don't see you get that that same time to kind of implement what he needs to. And yeah, I, I mean, if he goes, he goes with the kind of my best wishes, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how that would work out for him if he does go. And also, I'm not sure who, in terms of who we replace him with, I don't know. I don't know if you've got any thoughts about who you'd want, but <laughs> I, I don't know at all. So I'm just 100% throwing this ball back at you because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who would get. Obviously, the, the big one is maybe maybe Jack Ross, but mm-hmm. so that might split the fan base. But um, I don't know if I'd be against it personally. Like, you know, snakes are people too. He needs if he's gonna get come back, everyone needs a second chance and <laughs> he knows the club. Uh, we maybe play slightly a kind of similar system to what he was trying to do at Hibs. And I don't think it would be the worst thing. I don't I wouldn't like to go kind of too left field with 
kind of a dozen games to go in the league. I, I wouldn't want anyone to come and try and rip anything up and start again. So just a, it's a bit of a cliche, but a steady pair of hands to mm-hmm. to not to just kind of try and see out the season because we are we're, what we're a point off fourth at this point. We're in a quarterfinals of the cup. There's the we are on the cusp of doing something really special this year. So I wouldn't. I take to see a manager going uh, and kind of causing any like unsettling the team or unsettling any players or mm-hmm. kind of fans getting on on the new manager. So uh, it's going to be. I think it's going to be a, a big week for us in in terms of what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, um, one of the people that were supposed to be on is now just messages saying that he's just going to jump on in two seconds. Okay. <laughs> but we're going to continue recording. This is all part you get to see behind <laughs> the cur- Misery Hunter's curtain. I think this has happened once before with Ross, where we actually recorded a show and then he appeared on it halfway through. Um, Let's not review who, who's coming on, so it can be a surprise. Yeah, it can be a surprise at how late he is. Right, li- list- listeners at home, take your bets three things coming on. <laughs> but uh, you've kind of you've kind of mentioned quite a lot there, which I totally agree with. With um, regards to Goodwin going to Aberdeen, he's not going to get um, like the same patience that he that he's achieved at St. because like that run of form before Christmas would have got him sacked at most clubs in the league. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. And because he's got that sort of legend status with St. Martin, who's our cup winning captain he's kind of got the benefit of the doubt. I mean, there were a few people that were wanting him out of the club um, beforehand, uh, but not a massive, like, not massively the same way like Alan Stubbs was wanted out. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like if that was any other manager, it probably would have been closer to the Alan Stubbs uh, reaction than it was for Goodwin. Um, I think, like, I had a little bit of hope that he would stay because of what happened like as a player like Hibbs offered him more money as a player and he stayed with St Mirren when he was Alloa manager and we made an approach halfway through the season he rejected the approach and we went we were on Kearney instead kind of thing because of he didn't feel it was the right time to leave Alloa and the right time to come to St Mirren surely maybe that's in his head the now looking at the Aberdeen job but it generally does seem like like hearing things from people in the club that they are expecting him to leave, yeah, um, which is a bit gutting. But he is an ambitious manager, and you've got to. Admit yeah, that, like, I think he's a manager that certainly he kind of backs himself. And um, I think was he to get top six and around the cup, I don't. There, there might be a job in England for him in the summer, and I don't think anyone would begrudge him leaving the summer. But it's whether you. You know, it's it's it's, a, it's his livelihood. You can't kind of roll that dice that something might happen in the summer if you can. Because I mean, the, the difference between us and Aberdeen at the moment is like it's life changing money. So, uh, it's it's kind of hard to to compete with that. And it's, I uh, we'll see we'll see what happens, I guess. But mm-hmm. and and we, we can introduce uh, yeah. someone who's <laughs> there go. finally jumped on. <laughs> Off. <laughs> It is Sam Smith. We were having, we were letting the listeners guess who would come on later. <laughs> I'm usually late, so it doesn't really make a difference. I mean, I've never joined mid call before, but I. <laughs> it's, it's happened once before when it was Ross, I think, who joined, joined mid call, but um... fashionably late <laughs> keeps, keeps it exciting. But we're we're talking about Goodwin um, still at the moment, and I think you you did mention there, Andrew, about like one of. The, the thing is, if we finish top six, that's a major accomplishment for for a club our size. We Martin, that would be a massive accomplishment for a manager, um, for Jim Goodwin, and something that he's like 
even third sometimes isn't good enough for Aberdeen. Like, it, yeah. they, they've got to perform better against the old firm and they've got to win a cup. Like, that's, yeah. a, that's a lot to put on for Goodwin. And obviously, you said whether it's stubbornness or he backs himself kind of thing, you, you, like, um, he'll, he'll go for it. But regardless of who we should replace him with or who, who we could replace him with, I've said a lot in this podcast before, but unfortunately, like, obviously, if you look at the names that are getting um, spouted about, I'd say Jack Ross is probably, and I hate to say it, one of the best ones out there. I think, uh, <clears throat> I don't even think he is one of the best ones. I think of all the names mentioned, he is the best one. Yeah. <laughs> I think, obviously, we everybody, every Saint fan, every single Saint fan has a different opinion on it. But, at the end of the day, he's a good manager. And obviously people say that you get sacked for Hibs, you get sacked for Sunderland. I think you get sacked for, for Hibs after getting them into a semi-final and two finals. He finished third in the league. Uh, I don't know, obviously for one reason or another, I think there was a bit of a battle internally with him and the chairman and the director of football not providing the correct signings in the summer, which kind of derailed the start of the season, ended up, obviously he lost his job. Uh, I think it's Sunderland. I don't. I think it's a bit of a basket case of a club out of the managers that they've had since they've been down. He seems to have done the best out of all of them, and obviously it's pretty self-explanatory what he done for for us. It completely transformed us. It's the most enjoyable eighteen months of my time supporting the club. So I would I would be all for him coming back. I think he could probably maybe arguably get a wee bit more than Goodwin has out of the team in an attacking sense. You know, scoring goals is never a problem under. Uh, under Jack with the baby set up and we've definitely got the players that if he wanted to tweak the forward line a wee bit we've definitely got the players for that to obviously try and get a, f- a few more goals at it, win a few more games and you know it's all hypothetical you know Goodwin might not go but uh, I think the I think the Jack Ross would probably be my choice for replacing him anyway To be fair yeah. um, you did mention the, the Sunderland thing there. If anyone's seen the Sunderland Till I Die documentary, you can quite clearly see why that didn't work out. <laughs> the fact he went, no, don't sign Will Grigg for this money. What did they go do? Sign Will Grigg for that money. Um, uh, Jack Ross, I mean, like, I'm hoping there's... I think Jack Ross also looking at the Superman job, it's a very good position for him to come in. So, like, we're on a high. Hopefully this continues against Livingston. But we don't know if this has any impact to what we'll see on the park. Um, if if the hype, as you said, it is all hypothetical. If he does come in, it's a good position for him to take off. Like, we're, we're doing well. We've got a great squad. There isn't much rebuilding needing done. The players are there. Um, and we, we know what kind of football Jack Ross will bring. The... The thing I'll say to Goodwin though, and I, I know he's aware of the podcast, whether he listens to it or not, <laughs> it wasn't Jack Ross leaving to go to Sunderland that made him a snake. It was the the actions thereafter, yeah. you know, offering Samson a chance to retire <laughs> while we're bottom of the league and he's our number one keeper. Um, then also going after players that we were going for, like convincing Lewis Morgan to come down and sign on loan to to Sunderland while we were also trying to get him on loan um, signing players from our team and signing players we were linked with 
So, Goodwin, just think about that when you think that Joe Lewis isn't up to scratch and you need a new goalkeeper. <laughs> you worry, because I was thinking um, there's been so many players that have come in, particularly in the kind of last season or so, that when they come in the kind of first interviews, they talk about how uh, Goodwin is the reason we're here. He kind of sold the club to them. He kind of outlined his kind of project and their role in it. Do you kind of worry that that would... If he was to go, then there would be players that would be unsettled, or I guess they've been around long enough to know how football works. And you'd hope that the likes of Jones, the likes of I don't know Conor McCarthy or whatever, wouldn't wouldn't be too put out by the fact that he's away. But yeah. that would be one of my worries, to be honest. I think when you like Conor McCarthy, I, I don't think he's been like he he's been on the bench enough this season that I don't think he would follow to Aberdeen. Players I'd be worried about. Possibly, see Aberdeen have got an all right defence on them, but yeah. like, would Joe Shaughnessy go back? Would um, which I, I hope not. Um, I, think if I, I feel thought, like I think for me, he needs to. I think if he was to bring in, he's all. I think the fan base are pretty split on the idea of bringing Goodwin into Aberdeen. You know, obviously they've been linked. Well, they've not been linked. A guy on a forum said they should get Knudsen uh, for Bodo Glimp. You know, you've got people think they should go and get Man United managers that have just been sacked that were on a hundred grand a week. There's a very unrealistic expectation, and I think on top of Goodwin already coming in, you know, fans would turn on him pretty quickly if he did say Aberdeen needed a right back and he signed Marcus Fraser, mm-hmm. or they needed someone to play in behind the striker and they signed Greg Kilty. You know, Aberdeen fans are probably going to be pretty underwhelmed no matter how good the level they play at. Obviously, we know, as you said, Jamie with Shaughnessy, you know, Aberdeen fans probably wouldn't take too well to Jim Goodwin just using his Facebook friends mm. as a scouting network. I think they'd be expecting a lot better. And to be honest, for a club that do have the third biggest, bigot, uh, the third biggest budget in the country, probably should be doing better, so... I thought you were going to say the third biggest bigotry there. <laughs> nah, no, they're not too, I don't think they're too bad for that, to be honest. <laughs> Um, well, the thing is, I, I thought Marcus Fraser as well, but I think Marcus Fraser came to us because he wanted to live close to the central belt, didn't he? So yeah. that would be a strange uh, decision to go back to Aberdeen, but then he, they, Aberdeen will obviously offer a bit more money than Ross County would. Um, another th- another possibility, if, if it wasn't Jack Ross, I, don't, I think a few fans would maybe have their nose turned up if we did it, but I wouldn't be too against if we just gave the to Manus and Langfield to the rest of the season I mean mm. um, they're highly thought of coaches <clears throat> at the club obviously I know coaching and managing is a completely different thing looking mm. at Tommy Craig but um, I don't think I'd be too against it I think the, the thing for me with McManus is that yeah obviously with under caretaker role can I do ten to play I think there's obviously been a couple of times he's took over he's obviously very highly regarded he was always on the bench when Jack Ross was there so it kind of shows what a guy a Jack Ross's standard thinks of McManus but <clears throat> I don't know I don't really I'm not a big fan personally again down the kind of interim route and seeing what people can do till the summer because you get a you kind of go down the interim route there's not really any forward planning for next season mm. but at the end of the day, I don't know if there is anybody, if Jack Ross wasn't to take the job, is there really anybody else that would buy into what we're trying to do? And if you were to go with McManus, he's definitely going to have an idea of what Goodwin's been doing with the first team and can maybe be a place to carry that on. Hmm. 
Yeah, I agree. I think, um, yeah, the worry would be that if Ross would be the first choice and then for whatever reason that didn't pan out, you'd kind of scramble around the other three managers and we're kind of talking before we started recording. As soon as Barry Ferguson uh, left uh, left Aloha, I just thought I got the fear. Like, I kind of hope we're smarter than that now, but he's been linked with us before and I mean, it was like when he was at Kelty and just something like that, just a kind of unimaginative just whoever's about signing. So in that regard, I wouldn't be averse to going to my Madison Langford at all. I know they're very uh, highly regarded in the club and yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against that at all, to be honest. The, the thing with Barry Ferguson that also scares me is I feel like the the kind of Alan Stubbs said that he had a lot of contacts in the game <laughs> and he could bring people in. And that's all he kind of um, talked about in the interviews when he first joined as well he's got a lot of contacts here and he'll be able to bring these players in I think Barry Ferguson would say the same thing and would would the people at the club fall for it again um, hopefully not but you'd like to you'd like to think now that the the way that they've kind of seen fans react to appointments like Stubbs in the past that you really shouldn't be trying to get a guy who would split the fan base right from the off like what Dundee have done incredibly oh, by giving Mark McGee the job Mm-hmm. I think I think Aberboard are probably oh, they're not too smart for anything but you'd think they're maybe too they're quite smart in the way they know they couldn't go and appoint a guy like Barry Ferguson however cheap he might be because they could attract a better standard applicant than what we've been able what we've been able to in the past and I think we're, as you said Jamie we're in a very attractive position now mm-hmm. a manager can come in hopefully get us to finish top six they're in the quarterfinals of a cup who knows what can happen for that so that is it's a very attractive position to come into that's my only worry if, if it is inevitably uh, Jack Ross we can kiss the Scottish Cup goodbye because <laughs> man doesn't know how to win a final like he lost the Challenge Cup final with us lost the playoff final with Sunderland I mean he, he hibs it with hibs um, so <laughs> but then as long as as long as Jack Ross says sorry for how much he hurt me when he left uh, <laughs> That's that's fine by me. He he broke my heart actually. <laughs> but then you never know. Maybe Gooty's still interested. Maybe Gordon Scott still has his number. You know, Patrick Cliver. Patrick Cliver, yeah, get him in. Mm-hmm. Bring them Somebody in. funny. Somebody funny. Neil Warnock. <laughs> no, he's a Morton fan, isn't he? <laughs> oh fuck, I sure does. He's is he's got houses near near Greenock, which is bizarre. But I. <laughs> um. What else? Have we, uh, we, anything else you wanted to co- comment on over the management situation? I just, I just think either way, I'd ideally like something to be announced tomorrow, whether Goodwin's going or staying. Like, it can't go on for too long. It, mm-hmm. The risk is it unsettles. Because we've got Levy on Saturday, uh, Dundee on Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so those are two games where we can really kind of shut the table. And I just don't want that, the kind of that hanging over our heads as we go into that so just where they goes or stays um, it's kind of I'm not too bothered anymore just kind of I'd quite like it to be to be done to be honest mm-hmm. Aye. yeah this is especially like the point of the season these two games coming up are massive like yeah. you, you you win against Livingston or even a point against, like a point against Livingston and then you beat Dundee you're in, you're in a great position to look at like European football which would be unbelievable for someone like even if <coughs> that Europa Conference League I just want to go watch us play some fucking mental Eastern European team somewhere yeah. <laughs> like, 
So is that too much to ask for? <laughs> no. <laughs> but it was Just quite not. was quite funny to someone who tweeted. I can't uh, apologies, but I couldn't remember who it was that said. Um, now that we're winning games, are you planning on changing your names? And then something like this just comes al- along just for us to be miserable. Over that reminds us why this podcast is named yeah. that. There's always something around the corner. Uh, yeah. No matter the good times, there's always misery. Just <laughs> <laughs> every cloud has a miserable lining. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we will be back after this. Hello, this is Billy Mehmet. Oh, no, that's the wrong, bu- that's the wrong button. We-, <laughs> we will be back after this. Hello, I'm Jim Goodwin and you're listening to the Misery Hunters. I, re- <laughs> I really need to like, mark these buttons down. I didn't mean to press the Jim Goodwin one either. I I've, I've lost my colour coordination, but we'll go with that. That could be Jim's last... Right. Hurrah on the podcast until we get some Thanks, new ones. Jim. Cheers, Jim. Um, so we we'll, may as well talk about the football and some of the the brighter points, and we'll go to the St. Johnson game. Um, another good win. Um, that's horrible phrasing that. Another good result. <laughs> um, we can't get rid of him. Come on, Jim. Um, <laughs> especially after going one 0 down, like I thought when they went. When they did go one 0 down, it's been that long ago. Um, with the penalty, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. When they went one 0 down, I thought, oh god, like St. Johnson just need to sit back and like defend here. And I think we like it, our penalty. I've I've heard a lot of people say it wasn't a penalty. I wasn't. Stone at the game. I, I wasn't at the game. I didn't see it, but there was no good angle of a replay to show, to show yeah. if it was a penalty or not. No matter. I'm not even 100 percent sure what it was given for. If it was a push or it was a handball, I've kind of heard. Both and it was an assault. Aye. Like, like you said, there's no there's no no ankle that shows it, so let's just let's just assume criminal conviction. Aye. I think yeah, if McCart's pretty lucky he never get arrested for how bad the, the challenge was. <laughs> Actually really it was probably just as bad as the one on Erwin against Motherwell last year. Oh, that, <laughs> that was Bevis McGabby on it that nearly killed him. Yes, yeah. It sure was. Mm-hmm. Oh, we should mention the fact that Erwin's finally gone, Sam. Don't um I'm probably too happy. I, I really, honestly, you've been asking this, I can't put it into words how happy I am. I'm just <laughs> delighted that comfortably one of the worst footballers that's ever pulled on the black and white is finally away. He's fucking disgraced our club for so long. <laughs> and I see, I've seen uh, a few people when we were obviously playing with, uh, I think, what was the game that he came on a few weeks ago? The... When he ran around like a guy who was 30 stone <laughs> and was out of breath after a sprint and I just don't know why people were clamouring to get him on the pitch and I imagine uh, I'm just fucking so annoyed that I had to witness him for one more time. Because I think when, when Brophy went off injured and he, he brought on Alex Gogic for Brophy you're like well, that's if everyone's on the bench and sees that, that's basically the nail in the coffin. It's, it's a matter of where it goes rather than if it goes. The funny part of that game is, is the fact that Gogic come on and done what Lee Irwin has been absolutely <laughs> incapable of doing in his whole time here. But less about Lee Irwin than more about the St Johnston game. I think, uh, Jamie, I'm probably the same as you. I thought as soon as St Johnston went one up, I turned around to my pal and I said that I just kind of submitted under Goodwin which is kind of one of the few criticisms I could have is that we tend to struggle when teams go ahead. Mm-hmm. We're not adventurous enough to, to break teams down. We don't have kind of that bit of cutting edge to go and properly hem a team in. But credit to 
credit to Goodwin and obviously the guys he's brought in like Jones and Ronan and Kelty who are able to cut through teams and we, we did really have a go for it once we went 1-0 down obviously we were annex hand away from McPherson making them go 2-0 up but uh, yeah we got, got back into the game pretty well got the penalty and then after that never really looked in doubt St Johnston a terrible football team yeah hmm. I was they just um, they just can't look a bit St Johnston look a bit devoid of ideas like as soon as we we got the equaliser it was like I don't think it was in doubt where we're going to get a second at some point and just don't know what the fuck's happened to them I don't know if Davidson was kind of flattering to deceive last season or whatever but I it, just, it wasn't they're not a good team I didn't think we were that great on the night but I also don't think we kind of obviously conditions played a part in that because it was horrible that night but I don't think we had to be too great to kind of hold them at arm's length and then I was really happy to see Grieve get his goal as well I think uh, since he's come in he's he's, um, he's really kind of impressed and that's that lone striker role I think he's he's obviously still very raw um, I think other than like 10 odd minutes for New Zealand we've pretty much witnessed every minute of professional football the guys played so that awareness is obviously going to be there but his movement and kind of physicality to like win fouls and just get the ball up the pitch I think has been huge for us and he knows, he knows where a striker should be and his, his goals have kind of shown that and with Jones as well looking more his, his old kind of Kelly self with every game like I think where in the past we we've did struggle to break teams down when they kind of sit in I, I don't I, I'm kind of hoping that'll be a thing in the past so like Levy and Saturday for example that's a team where it's we've typically kind of struggled just to create anything and with Jones and Kilty particularly Ben Striker I'm kind of hoping that's a thing in the past and I'm I look forward to Saturday to see if that that kind of continues but I, I like what I've seen from both of them in the games uh, just past I've been really impressed with Grieve and um, I'm 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 looking forward to see if he can, can keep this going because if if he does continue playing like this in the next few games when Brophy's back fit he's going to find himself on the bench because yeah like he's he's been a great player and um, like you said like his ability to win fouls and get the ball at the park and like the intention as soon as he's got the ball he's got one idea he's either looking at where the goals are um, or He's he's just he's progressing the ball forward constantly, um, and he he absolutely terrorised that St Johnson defence, um, yeah. and and it's been an absolute great find by whoever set up that partnership with the the New Zealand teams and um, who identified him to come over for a for a trial like fair play to whoever that was, mm-hmm. and um, long may that continue. Absolutely, um, yeah. We we mentioned that the St. Martin penalty was one hundred percent a penalty. What what about St. Johnson's with Marcus Fraser? Like uh, it was definitely a foul, I, but I thought it was I thought it was a stonewaller. Mm-hmm. It was to be honest, it was fucking stupidity mm-hmm. to put it yeah. simply. I don't know. I think Middleton and Hendry had a, a kind of really decent wee bit of work to get the ball through, but I think Fraser maybe underestimated just how quick Dunn was getting across the cover. I don't know why he hit that. I don't know why when he's made an advance into the box, he's still yanking his shirt back. Yeah. Just to be honest, there was no one in the middle. Like Henry's ten yards behind him, nowhere near the goal at this point. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know if it was Henry, but there was no one in the middle to for him to get the ball across to. It looked as if he would have maybe ran out of play or Chili D would have won the tackle, but it was just daft and 
I, to be honest, they took penalties. You took me, put them away pretty well. Mm-hmm. Considering they had to, you beat it the first one. The ball was rolling forward. They done pretty well with that. And then the second one was a cracker as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was a, it was a very rash tackle. Um, There's a few few angles where it looked quite soft, but I think when you see the kind of reverse angle, he's got a fist fairly sharp. And if a striker feels that they're going to go down, and he's got every right to do that. And <clears throat> yeah, it was just it was stupid. But I luckily didn't. Didn't affect the result in the end, but I. And you mentioned Chili D there. We need to give him a special mention of how well he's performing right now. Like it just shows you, like with that when he was kind of put into the back three, where like there was a lot of questions about him. I, 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 we were wanting McCarthy back in the team, and we didn't think he was good enough. And like as soon as we've switched to the back four, he's really excelled and came on his own game. Like I'm, I'm really impressed by him. It's a weird one because I feel like he was brought in specifically to play that left of the back three role. And but since we've gone to the four, he's been he's been like it's night and day. He's been really good. He's really impressed. So I um, it was good. Don't get me wrong. It was good, great to see McCarthy back on the pitch on Saturday. But I don't think it's a given that he that McCarthy walks back into the four when when he's when he's fully fit. So I credit to Chelsea Dees as well. Mm-hmm. Aye, I, I don't think McCarthy should be anywhere near it. Just, uh, anywhere near kind of starting. I think Big John done have made that their own. You know what? You know quite clearly since we've come back for the winter break, we've been defensively, defensively really sound. And I think McCarthy made too many errors leading to goals in the first half of the season to kind of merit getting in ahead of them, especially just coming straight back for injury. But aye, I think. They both done and Shaughnessy really complement each other well because obviously Shaughnessy, Shaughnessy's pretty quick. He's he's deceptively quick, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think anything that goes over the top of that, you kinda see it quite a lot. Dunn's got a ridiculous amount of speed and kinda covers for the rest of the back four if the balls are getting pinned right in behind. Uh, we've not really had any bother for you know some of the kind of pacier players in the league that we've been up against. You know, like Callum Hendry's a very nippy forward. Middleton's a pretty nappy guy and he's a guy who done looks as if he's jogging and he's 10 times faster than some of the guys we've been playing against but aye I'm not getting carried away but he probably is the best centre back we've got in the the last 20 years apart from Sean loves a loves a 40 yard Hollywood ball as well right at the the side of the pitch the the one in 40 that comes off it's it's a joy to watch he's a bit of a Danny Granger for that I made, I made this observation about Joe Shaughnessy and it just popped back in my head when you said it because the person I said it to like completely laughed at me when I said it but like <laughs> Shaughnessy sometimes got a bit of an unorthodox unorthodox style the way he plays the ball like certain movements he's ma- he makes and it's not I don't think it's the movements that he makes I think he looks as if he's got a coat hanger and he's taught at all times because <laughs> he's got aye, quite broad shoulders doesn't aye. he aye. Do, do you know what it reminds me of slightly and it's and I'm not saying this like that they're the same player <laughs> or whatever it's just someone who also has a very unorthodox style of the way he plays Zlatan Ibrahimovic right it's, it's it's he obviously does a lot of like martial arts, which he brings into the game. <laughs> like, so maybe Joe Shaughnessy does martial arts as well because there's oh. there's similar ways when he kicks the ball. You're like, that was a really odd way he's done that, and you're like, that's very similar. He's Latin, and then I get slagged for saying that, but uh, now it's he's a, a, a taekwondo world champion. I've heard, so. <laughs> How many last minute headers against Hibs has Latin scored this season? Because Shaughnessy's on on what two at this point? So <laughs> a cultured finisher. 
Um, it's mental's last hand now. He's out injured with an Achilles injury, but he's currently always putting himself doing um, sit ups while resting on a punching bag hanging from the ceiling. Aye. <laughs> too so much. He's, he's, like, he's about 45. Just should. have a seat at this point. You know, you don't, I mean, you don't have to prove anything anymore. <laughs> so he's a guy with a lot of issues, clearly. <laughs> oh, I love Lata. Um Anyway, just as much as I love Joe. Um, we'll move on to the Kelty game. Uh, uh, people were always saying it was a potential banana skin mainly just because they, they beat a really person Johnson yeah. um, and they're essentially the new Gretna in a way where, um, I think that was always kind of the outlook but like from what I've seen they were awful and so you see who their left back was he was absolutely rotten like any time he got the ball he'd pa- he, like he was just getting in the way of the play like it was a thoroughly professional job and I've seen St Murn play these teams before where we've won 1-0 with a last minute scrappy goal and you went struggled for that. Yeah. Um, but like to see us just go out there get the job done make it look easy uh, no it was it was as comfortable as, as you see us to be honest uh, the, the best part of the game for me was uh, Jordan Jones performance I thought he looked like he was really starting to enjoy his game he was running at people and uh, I don't think you can underestimate how Far from match fitness, he was when he came there. So, every time you see him, every dribble is like he's a, a bit closer to match fitness. And I think he's goal they scored. I think that's what he's capable of for us. And that's going to be such a, a great outlet. And I, I thought it was as soon as the pretty much as soon as Jones goal went in, it was easy street. And Kelly's obviously got used to the goals. And uh, it was pretty pretty routine, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. I think Joe, and you were saying about Jones there, it was getting borderline abusive what he was doing to Foster and Philp at one point. He was absolutely tying them in knots. Yeah. They just, I don't know, he's one of the guys that kind of glides when he gets the ball. No one gets near him when he's in full flight. I think as well, obviously, one of the resident morons of St. Mirren Twitter had said that he, he isn't particularly fast, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what they've been watching. When it comes to that, that guy is lightning quick. Then it stretches teams as well. You know, it's such a difference of a guy who's got that kind of natural raw pace that will just stretch. To, he's always he's always been. I think in the last two or three games, I've noticed that teams are doubling up on him. You know, either double or kind of tripling up on him. And Matty's kind of he's pulling three bodies at the way and opening up in space for guys like Ronan and Kelty. So, I I think he he's definitely been the most important signing we've made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and once he gets uh, at the weekend, once he's back on a shite plastic pitch, the muscle memory from Kelly will just <laughs> open up and he'll get at least 10 goals. Be- <laughs> <laughs> His goal that he took was it a cross or did he shoot? I shot, I shot. Yeah, did, I I, initially when it first done it, I thought it was a cross. Yeah, but now. I- uh, Aye. You can tell he you can tell he shot straight away. He's, as soon as he as soon as he dropped the shoulder on that guy, he's just looked at the goal. He's had one thing in his mind and thought, I'm cracking this the top corner. It's an absolute screaming at a goal Aye. as well. It's a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh and as you were mentioning about Kilty as well, like he's really coming onto the game as well. And and is it no like we kinda already mentioned the fact that he was brought in to replace like McGrath and now that McGrath's gone, he's really coming into his element. Shock. It wasn't as if we had said that for <laughs> six six months, I think we had said that for. Aye, he's a terrific player. He's a, surprisingly for a guy who's left footed, he's really good with both feet. Mm-hmm. You know, I think obviously for Greaves goal against St Johnston, he assisted with his right foot. It's two goals, 
obviously the second one, Akira scored that because it was laid in a plate for him. But the first one, he, I think Jones does really well with the outside of the foot pass and he takes a touch on the left and he absolutely slams yeah. it with his right foot. Like so, it's a really, it's a really neat finish, yeah. He's a, he's a really tidy player on both feet, very intelligent. He's always, 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 always looking to go forward as well, which is it's great to watch. And finally, good to see him get the chance he probably deserved for six months considering you know kind of how bang average McGrath was for a while and we were trying to shoehorn him into a team when we probably had a guy who could have been doing that for a few months prior but aye it's on the past now mm-hmm. he's been like a new signing for us basically because um, obviously trying to put him in McGrath just didn't work but if it was going to be one of the two it was always going to be McGrath but yeah he's he's, he's really come on a game and then whether he's kind of central behind the, the striker or sometimes Rowling will do that and Kiltow go out wide, right? Um, yeah, such a game, such a good outlet for us and him and Jones together, who obviously they, they know each other, they've got an understanding and kind of good pals off the park that I'm really excited where that's going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm gutted though. I'm already getting too attached to John Jones. I know, and, yeah. I, know. I just know it's going to get ripped away in the summer when he when he signs for Aberdeen. So <laughs> that's the thing as well. Like they say, never fall in love with a lone player, and you're sitting there looking at Jordan Jones, and you're looking at Connor Rowling, Alex, Alex Gogic, and like you know, Connor Rowling <clears throat> is obviously a player who's probably a, too good for the level that we're playing at. He, he, I don't know how long his contract is at Wolves. Whether he three years, three years. Yeah. So he's still got a few years there. So no club's probably going to go and buy him. So he'll be out and loan again next year. <clears throat> will it be? Will we be able to convince him to come back, or will he a championship club take him because they've seen what he's done, or will he go to Aberdeen? I think. I think the thing for Ronan, depending on he needs to he needs to show that he is head and shoulders above every other player in the team for Wolves to take notice of him. Wolves have got. 40 odd players out on loan and they're only going to take notice of the ones that are shown quite clearly every week that they are head and shoulders above the level that they're playing at obviously he's a young guy he's inconsistent but he's a terrific footballer who could definitely play you know kind of, and he definitely play the championship I, I think people will probably I don't know people will disagree because obviously there is fans that think he's the McGrath is the best player in the history but I think Ronan is probably a better footballer than McGrath mm-hmm. I think he's a lot tidier and uh, smaller spaces he's kind of more likely to drive forward with the ball arguably this season shown that he's a bit of a better goal for it as well from open play so uh, I think if Wolves are continuing to kind of try and wind down his contract and not give him a go in the first team I don't see why not mm. well, I, I don't see why they wouldn't send him back up here if we do finish in the top six mm. if you finish in the top six you finish fourth or fifth and one of Rangers or Celtic win the cup if it's not us you know, he end up in Europe, and then he's got another place mm-hmm. to showcase his talent. So, aye, I don't, I don't know. It's more. I think it depends on how well we finish the season and when we finish to see if we could maybe get him back. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned you mentioned Gogic there. Like, what a, what a player he is, by the way. Yeah, just just a, a midfield general. He's <clears throat> fantastic. I think him and Power. Um, you know, when we when we signed him, there was a lot of talk of like all that kind of the two bastards in the midfield, but. They do complement each other quite well. Uh, and Gorgic's work kind of off the ball and kind of bringing others into the game is really underrated. And he just seems to be everywhere. He's, I don't know, he's he's not particularly tall, right? He's about 6'1", six, six something like that. He's not, but he just seems massive. He seems like 3'10", 
three strides and he's up, he's like covered the entire pitch. So again, like you were talking about, Sean, I say having quite a, a, a weird way of running and being, but I Gogic just kind of like that as well. He's, yeah, he's, I mean, he's got get his goal within about, what, 10 minutes of being on the pitch, something mm-hmm. like that, but I don't imagine there'll be many more of that, but never know if he scores a Scottish Cup final winning goal. I get my I get my Gogic tattoo and then he leaves he leaves in the summer and I never speak to anybody ever again. <laughs> well the thing is, like um when was the last time we had a player score from a corner? It's, it's, Good it's, point. It's, it's it's been a while. And if he and if he can continue getting up I know like Shaughnessy will occasionally or McCarthy, I remember one against Hibsby McCarthy like a couple of seasons ago. Like um, But it's not a it's not a, a common feature we've had. So if if you know if Gogic can do that for us a few times, then then Misery Hunters will pay for that tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> and while we're talking about tattoos, the guy that on Twitter, uh, where's the meatball tattoo? Callum Flockhart, you shite bag. We're still waiting. You keep telling us. You, you, I thought we were you. February meant, was meant to be, was I believe, the run about the time. It was a. I'm thinking it was a. I'm sure it was the middle of February that was uh, due to get done. So this is roughly roughly now. So we'll be expecting that tweet any day now to see this glorious meatball tattooed to your your. Where was it again? His rib cage or something? No, he's it died. Was, aye, it wasn't. It wasn't a great place. But he said it, so he needs to get it done. <laughs> uh, anything else you <clears throat> want to touch on from the two games? No, no, no I think that's Apart from how good we are at football, no, there's not really much else I can add. Well, talking about how good we are at football, how good can we play against Livingston? <laughs> uh, not very. I don't know if you spoke <laughs> about it. Uh, I don't know if you two spoke about it before I come on. This absolutely reeks of the time Jack Ross was rumoured to be going to Ipswich. Mm-hmm. Was that not, is it not four years to the day? Like yes. Today? Yeah, so it's, it's absolutely the stars. Uh, reeks of us losing by a good few goals on Saturday. But listen, you don't know. Sometimes you sort of think if Goodwin was to go tomorrow, you know, sometimes these sort of things swing in your favour. Everybody's a kind of a bit of a siege mentality. Everybody starts to kind of give that wee bit extra. So I don't know. It'll be a tough game. Obviously, Livingston, like ourselves, are on a pretty good run of form. They're always a pretty tough nut to crack. So yeah, it'll be a, an interesting game, but I certainly fancy us to win it. Yeah, I think if we were playing them when we were playing the 3 5 2, they're kind of. The fear was that they kind of overload the, the midfield and just, I think it was it Richard Tate get caught out for one of the goals yeah. at, at their bit. And you'd think with the back four and with Power and Gorgish fitting that, that should kind of nullify that hopefully. And I don't know, Olivia is just the hardest thing to in, in football, to be honest. It could go it could go either way. Um, I saw as well that they've, they've given out uh, all their free tickets to school kids as well, so it'll be a good atmosphere. And we usually take a take a few over as well. So uh, it's hard one to predict, but I they don't tend to be won by more than a goal either way either. I don't think in the past like ten meetings it's been decided by more than a goal. So except from that Jack Ross game. And they say yeah, Jack Ross game we get hosed in so high. <laughs> so I don't know, I take a Scrappy one that win off Sunday's arse, like I'd take that any day. Mm-hmm. I'd be delighted to see Alan Pibber finally score. Yeah. Mm. I, I think the only time he's scored up here was actually against us. 
scored an absolute screamer in the game we get beat 2-1 uh, I think it was one of Kearney's first games in charge so he's not scored in Scotland since mm. Another thing I'd quite like to see is Grieve up against Livingston because you know Livingston they're quite a solid team and they're, they're happy to give a foul away here and there Like, and if you've got this player who's driving at them constantly like once they've picked up a yellow card against them like he, he's just going to continue doing it so yeah. that, that'll be an interesting matchup to see against their defence um, I'm I would I would be confident if this whole Goodwin thing wasn't going on, but you'd expect that he may have spoke to the players, and you, you don't really know um, what's been said. But I'm sure we'll see. I'm sure we'll see what happens. And then we've got another six pointer against Dundee. This is the one. Like I, I generally think maybe we'll pick up a point, and I, I think we'd probably be happy with a point away at Livingston. Like you'd you'd want to win, but you'd be happy with a point because we all know what Livingston can do. Mm-hmm. Dundee is the game you need to win and you need to win like, yeah. that's the statement of where if you want to finish top 6 or if you're even looking at that 4th spot which is totally up for grabs that's that's the game you're going to need to win and do it in and make that statement Aye, they're a team that are absolutely fighting for their life you know they're kind of trying to claw back a, a bit of deficit on county so they can try and pull county back in and make sure it's not just a race between two but you know I think we are comfortably a better football team than Dundee and we should win, but it's games like that that I always, for some reason, as a, as a St Mirren fan, always have it in my head that it's games like that we tend to struggle in. But mm-hmm. I think hopefully with the kind of the recent win over St Johnston, which is the game that everyone thought that we were probably going to cough up at, because last season we did mm-hmm. historically. We always have the games that we're, when we're on a good run, you get a team like St Johnston where fucking hopeless you get them at home and you should win. Hopefully there's a wee bit of a mentality shift in that from the team in it kind of drives us on to go and get a massive three points next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right, because like, when we drew with Motherwell uh, the other week, I think that that felt kind of very reminiscent of, was it about this time last year, where there yeah, seemed, seemed, seemed to be a run of games where we just couldn't get over the line, and that's what ultimately cost us top six. But then seeing us react in a St. John's game, hopefully that is kind of indicative of that mentality shift, and the days are not quite seeing teams off or, or done, because... Um, I think the Dundee game just before Christmas of, um, at home, the one they lost, is as bad as I've seen us mm-hmm. all season, certainly, but for a long, long time. So it'll be an interesting kind of barometer of where we are now compared to them, how we play on Wednesday. And like you said, a, a draw against Levy, obviously we, we want to win, but realistically a draw against Levy is not, not a bad thing to take mm-hmm. from an away game. So four points out of the two games, I think, is what we should be aiming at. Yeah, definitely. And um, oh, if we get that European spot, that'd just be glorious. <laughs> I just want us uh, to get, just want us to get Europe. I'm, I'm fed up of like St. Like St. Johnson getting that Galatasaray game. Like the thing is, Jamie, you you are absolutely right in hoping for like a tie in Moldova. But you know, fine, well, <laughs> that we are getting the new Saints. Yeah, <laughs> the new Saints, uh, and we'll lose it or like, uh, someone in Ireland. I don't know. Ireland's not a bad trip. But. I take Ireland. If it's on a plane, I'm counting it as a, a proper <laughs> European journey. And can you get a plane to Wales if you can you fly to Cardiff? Surely, surely, like Flybe or something. Are they still a thing? Nah. Uh, <laughs> because, nah, we'll get, we'll get somewhere. Uh, any more for any more on them? Uh, no. No. Other. 
cool. So uh, head to miseryhunters.co.uk for all the latest merch and stuff. Andrew's latest blog is up. Do you want to comment on your blog, Andrew? Seeing that you're on. Uh, I just go read it. It's it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I just thank you to everyone that's been reading it so far. It's a uh, sorry, pleasant to be part of it. So just go give it a read and any any comments, follow them at, at me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then. As always, I'm, I'm just going to go with a classic here because I can't be bored thinking about anybody else. Fuck Alex Ray. <laughs> fuck John Potter. <laughs> God. Uh, fuck Lauren Shankland. Mm. Oh, Big fucking, fucking die. There you go. <laughs> Podcast Network.